Welcome to CalCast, your creator national podcast. to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world, not what CNN tells you, but what GNN tells you is going on in the world. If you're tired of listening to all of that crisis network news and you want to hear what God's doing, well, give us a listen. Greetings, God Network News fans. We're here with another exciting episode of God Network News, where we bring interviews, stories, incredible news about what God's doing around the world amongst unreached peoples. And this episode brings us away from the Muslim world to the tribal world, to the dark, dark jungles of the Amazon in Brazil. Uh, When I was younger, I spent a lot of time in the Amazon, discipling a number of people. I was bringing people, training people, and bringing them down to get involved in church planting, uh, language learning, culture learning, all of that, getting people started. And a number of churches got planted through that whole time. So that's pretty exciting. But what's been happening recently with the tribals in the Amazon jungle are even more exciting. So I was interviewing a friend of mine, Kent Trull, who worked for many years in the Amazon and wrote a book about his experiences, his family's experiences, and that's called The River Peoples. And you can find that on Amazon. Also, uh, there is a story in one of the chapters about myself going to the Amazon with Kent Drool and uh, had an amazing experience there. This interview that I did with him recently at a conference, he shared a very exciting story about what God has done recently in the Amazon, and I wanted to share that with all of our God Network News fans. So here it is. Okay, God Network News fans, we're here once again for a great story about what God's doing amongst the peoples of the world. And uh, I have a good friend of mine here, Jack. We'll call him Jack. How about that? (laughs) Uh, Jack, you were telling me a little bit about a story of a tribe in the Amazon region uh, and uh, that was very compelling and exciting. Would you just uh, tell us the rest of that story? Yeah, I'd love to. My wife and I, together with our family, worked in the Amazon for 12 years. Although we didn't work in indigenous tribes, we were part of a support team for those who did. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were two Brazilian girls that uh, pioneered work in a a tribal group. The tribal group 
about six different villages, maybe a total of um, 300 indigenous people in this particular right. group. Mm. Um, and these two girls worked in one of the six villages. Uh, Bible translation team was working in a, in a second of these villages. Mm. And um, our colleagues, they actually pursued the um, to learn the language orally, write a literacy grammar, Wow. And then with the idea that if you could document and preserve the language that would contribute to the preservation of the culture and their ethnic identity. Because right, right. that's actually one of the major problems around the world. Indigenous peoples comparing themselves with the main culture of right, the country right. and they feel inferior and they give up, stop speaking their language. Yeah. And so through what they call sort of indigenous education, rural education, taught uh, this group to read and write their own language after learning it themselves, right. writing a grammar. Of course, it takes some years, about yeah. five to seven years to get to this point. Mm. But it was actually very surprising because, well, like I said, we didn't live in the tribe ourselves, but we lived on the rivers about a three-hour hike through the jungle during the dry season. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so we were in close proximity, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so this tribe, would, after they learned how to read and write, they started delivering letters to us so that when we went to town, we could um, ha give letters to their family members who were in town. Right. And oftentimes yeah. these townspersons, they were the ones who really were struggling because they were indigenous, they didn't fit right. in, they kind of made fun of, yeah. you know, felt inferior. And anyway, so the tribal group just took up letter writing <laughs> and started sending letters to the other villages in the jungle and their their friends that were living in town and we were often the, the mailman <laughs> oh my goodness because we went to town about every six to eight weeks you know would buy things and and you know i don't know how it works the grapevine seems to work even in the jungle but we'd arrive in town and sure enough people would show up do you have a letter for me oh <laughs> you know? my goodness. they'd find you in town word would get out quick so it was quite funny we were the the mailman uh for these tribal groups but then through that process these first two girls then that did this pioneer work were in the tribe seven maybe ten years mm. and then another couple then sort of took over stage two and they focused on um, taking this work and actually did the Jesus film, did a translation wow. yeah. um, and they uh, we helped them build a school because then the education, so they were trained to read and write their own language but then the adults in the tribe were trained then to be teachers of their own children uh -huh. because we know that culture is past, right. you know, parent to child. and. Yeah. And so when you have foreigners or non-ethnic people being the school teachers, of course, then yeah. they tend to disciple or enculturate people in right. the, the larger culture rather than their own ethnicity. Right. And so the, the tribal group then were having a school where the parents or the older mm -hmm. ones training the younger ones, mm -hmm. you know, and, and passing on their, their life way and their culture, preserving it in that way. And of course, all the time sharing the gospel orally. Yeah. And so, um, but just before this, these two girls left, the shaman of the tribe, who, who was 
quite a good friend and we knew him quite well also he would come to our boat and visit us and and we'd do some trading uh, he was actually bit by a very poisonous jungle bushmaster snake it's called the sudokuku and he was hunting together with his son and he knew he wasn't going to survive mm. and he told his son literally his dying words to his son was listen to the missionaries mm. this is a shaman saying the this. shaman yeah yeah <laughs> and listen to the missionaries um what they said or what they're saying is true mm. and apparently he did have a dream a vision of jesus wow. at some stage and Again, I wasn't there. This is secondhand information. I don't actually have the details, but that was a strong enough command to his son, wow. and that his son did that. Wow, that's amazing. And so he he sought then more information from the two girls. Like I said, then there's a transition to this new couple that went to live and work there, um, and building on that, then eventually a church did form, a group of believers committed oh, to obeying God. Christ. And again, their letter writing then turned into, you know, epistles, you know, <laughs> that's right. wow, you know that's evangelizing amazing. other tribal members through their letter, letter writing. Yeah, that's incredible because you don't think when you think of tribal people groups in the Amazon jungle, you don't think uh, literary people, no. you know, no, that's right. <laughs> and and so it's surprising, you know, how God works, what kind of takes off in a culture and what doesn't. Yeah. And so I, I do know that that was actually a really significant element. And um, now it's 25 years later, there's a functioning church among the tribal group. The school's still going. The Jesus film has been translated in their language. And we were just back oh, three, four years ago. And uh, we had a large meeting. Again, we worked on the rivers, not in the tribal groups. But three of the indigenous boys came from the village. Again, hearing that we're coming. Yeah. <laughs> how the, Someone how the sent them a letter. Exactly. Somebody <laughs> sent them a letter. And so they came out for the, the big gathering, the celebration that we had. And they shared with us their heart to wow. go to the other four villages because wow. they had the translators in one village and our work, our colleagues in this village, but still four further distant outlying villages. And these three boys wanted to go as missionaries wow. to the remaining four. So wow, we exciting. found that so encouraging and just seeing, yes. you know, in a 20 year span, not only a church getting established, but that missionary heart yeah. Uh, through letter writing, but also yes. going. Yeah, multiplication. And uh, yeah, that's really, really exciting. And uh, uh, we were talking earlier, you were mentioning that you worked a lot with the river peoples. Yeah. Do you, uh, are there any stories about breakthrough that happened amongst the river peoples? Yeah, well, it's interesting because as missionaries, you know, you, you target a people group and um, that people group, of course, is probably a close cousin to right. yet another ethnicity right and those that lived along the rivers are a bit like that so our we targeted those that lived along the rivers but those who lived along the rivers had interaction with the indigenous sure. groups more distant right, right. like this in the, one in the jungle yeah. yeah and so that relationship also did prove to be key so as we uh, evangelized and did church planning among those along the major rivers then through their influence of getting saved, like one guy who was just a total drunk, he was, wasn't even 40 years of age, but he had drunk so much, you know, since his early teens until his late 30s that he had totally ruined his liver and he had, 
it was always a bit yellow, you know, his liver wasn't functioning mm. and, and yet he got gloriously saved and redeemed. And, and so just turning from that kind of hopeless alcoholic into a strong believer and just his transformation. I know I had heard comments from this indigenous group, how much he's changed and how that really impacted them, wow. you know, because he used to be one who would wander through and every now and again. He was always yeah. drunk every time they saw him. Wow. He was always drunk. And now he was just completely transformed. And so his personal testimony was significant among yeah. this indigenous tribe that we didn't work with. Wow. We couldn't speak their language, yeah. but we worked with that culture, more closer culture that yeah. they in turn had contact with. And so I know that was instrumental in their view that the gospel is true. It's transforming. It has power because yeah. look how it changed his life. Yeah. And then he did actually get hepatitis the next year. This this guy, alcoholic, and unfortunately he passed away. Yeah. But he's gone to glory and yeah. he went to glory with a testimony that was impacting not only in his own family in the communities where we worked along the rivers, but even in the distant tribal groups. Yeah, that's really exciting. Um, Jack, thank you so much for coming and sharing with us. And uh, uh, just for our uh, audience uh, benefit, uh, I worked, we worked together yes. in the Amazon. One time we went uh, into the jungle and did some crazy stuff with uh, some groups there. And I'm going to probably put in the show notes, if he'll allow me to, um, a hot link to where you can get his book. Yeah, Him and right. his wife wrote this incredible book about their adventures and life in the Amazon jungle serving the Lord. And uh, it's just uh, something really, really wonderful. And so we'll probably put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming yeah. and sharing with our yeah. God Network News fans. Thanks for having me and um, lovely to share this exciting story with you all.